China has banned cryptocurrency, and this is about their tenth ban of it. it literally, every six months, when I uh, first got involved in 2000, the end of 2013, China was banning Bitcoin at that time. Uh, everybody was very worried about it. Um, there was this huge rally and it was really getting on everyone's uh, radar. And so China, of course, China they kicked in and they banned it. Uh, and then ever since then, they have every six months basically done a fresh ban. So they never really just ban it and say, we're finished. All right. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 29 cryptocurrency and innovation in america featuring the one and only caroline monday the 27th of september 2021 i'm your host jeremy and this time we are shaking it up with a bit of a live episode this is not something we've done before um where you know i'm i'm in the same room with the the guest instead of doing it kind of remotely seems like the pandemic is starting to chill out a bit so uh, probably in future, I'd, I'd love to do events at, uh, I mean, episodes at uh, crypto events and conferences and things like that. So we're going to try it out here. We've got some background music, which we can't do anything about. So hopefully everyone uh, enjoys the enjoys the soundtrack. Anyway, that's uh, that's enough of that um, for uh, introduction. Uh, Caroline, welcome to the show. You are a cryptocurrency adopter and American and a long-time listener of my uh, evangelism <laughs> <laughs> of, of Bitcoin. Back to 2017, baby. <laughs> yeah, so, so give, me, give me the rundown. How did you get involved in, in, in cryptocurrency and, and what's been your experience with the, the space so far? Yeah, I mean, I think you were probably one of the first people to like mention the concept to me. And at the time, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I, you know, I'm a broke college student. I don't really have money to be putting into, you know, things that might may or may not be kind of risky <laughs> online gambling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I kept hearing more and more about it. Um, started reading some news articles, kind of some of the financial uh, magazines, newspapers, things like that, that I follow started, you know, talking about it more and more. Um, and eventually, you know, 2020, 2021 rolls around. I have a job and a little bit of disposable income and I'm like, Hey, you know, why not give it a shot? See, see what happens. Cause it seems like that's the way that the world is going, whether, whether we see a full transition in our lifetime or not, it's definitely transitioning that way. So got to get in on the ground floor <laughs> or as much as close to the ground floor as you can. Yeah. 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 And you've got, uh, well, you've got some Bitcoin cash, right? It's yeah. the show you wouldn't mm-hmm. be allowed on if you were not. <laughs> If you um, not, didn't have Bitcoin Cash, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but do you, you, you have any other coins you want to just shield to the audience? What, what are the <laughs> What are the best projects that you think they should uh, check out? You know, um, I mean, I kind of got got a little on the Ethereum bandwagon a little bit on that front, but um, yeah, I was looking into some other cryptos. Um, I have Coinbase, so that made it really easy for me to learn about some other different ones. Um, so I have some Litecoin, some Compound. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am a believer in Bitcoin Cash. Okay. So I All think, right. you know, that's that's definitely my big one. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. But, uh, you know, I always find it interesting because all kinds of people that I 
introduced to crypto or whatever and they get into the scene themselves and then they they find their own their own coins you know mm -hmm. things that they like things that they enjoy and it's different for everyone and that's the whole point is that everybody can you know invest in one or as many uh different mm -hmm. coins as they like and and there's something different for everyone so i always find it interesting to let you know let people explore in the crypto space and then see what they come back with like oh jeremy what about this coin or what about that coin and i mean i have my own opinions but if they've you know read something or, or found something that shows that that's a great option then who am i to uh dispute it right yeah okay so first up uh today we've got some podcast news so in the last uh week or so i released this marketing video for bitcoin cash uh that i called 21 and it was from a few weeks back uh i watched the movie 300 uh which is now 15 years old but for anybody who hasn't seen it it's the tale of the spartans so it's it's kind of it was a historical event that did actually happen but was then you know dramatized obviously uh for this movie and it's about the king leonidas who at the time uh xerxes who was the persian emperor uh, had this huge army and he was starting to kind of conquer all of all of europe and all of the world in his uh mind um but in order to stop his advance uh the spartans who are these most elite you know greek soldiers that have been trained you know in combat and in a culture of of fighting and violence uh since they were very young they you know, like set up to fight him uh, you know he had this huge army of like you know a, a million people or you know hundreds of thousands which at the time was an earth-shaking amount relative to the global population and uh the spartans only had 300 soldiers and they so they fought at a uh a, a pass a little like cliff pass so that their 300 elite squad could stand up against uh the much larger persian army because they they didn't have um you know they couldn't overwhelm them with numbers by like flanking around the side so the story is kind of about uh, this epic uh battle and it's sort of the way it ended <laughs> was was that all the 300 die they all get wiped out um but they delay long enough for the rest of Greece to sort of uh, rally together and, and push back, which is what happened actually in history. So I watched that movie recently. I highly recommend it. Everybody check out that, that movie. But uh, in watching it, it sort of struck me as a bit of a parallel to the Bitcoin cash community who are the ultimate sort of minority that uh, in the early days of Bitcoin, Bitcoin was like the 300 with just a small amount of people which sort of trying to change the world against, you know, the banks and, and everybody else being, being pre, you know, invested in their national currencies. But then ultimately Bitcoin Cash has had split off from Bitcoin itself. And so even then it, it's sort of been sold out and had to fight against the brand name and just this very uphill battle um, of just a complete hardcore that will not budge no matter what. Uh, and that's something I quite like about it. So I made this video, uh, which was sort of comparing comparing that. And I got a shout out to Bcashy on Twitter, who helped me out with some of the visual edits. So I kind of did the, the initial script and then he came in and added some of the video effects and uh, the Spartans have red cloaks. So we changed that to green uh, and added the Bitcoin Cash logos on their shields and some dramatic <laughs> subtitles and everything to make it a bit cinematic uh so yeah anyway i made that and i thought it was pretty cool it has some hype um you know kind of metal rock music which is from the from the movie as well 
uh, and then yeah, release that to the community. And I think it was uh, pretty well received, but it is targeting a very specific niche. And so I've got uh, Caroline here because Caroline is a digital marketing and media <laughs> expert, full-time full -time job in that industry. So just what 20 minutes ago, half an hour ago, I showed her the, the clip and we're now going to get a very harsh and candid <laughs> review of, of what, did you, what did you think? What it, was, was this a good video? Is this how cryptocurrency should be marketed? Uh, I mean, I did like the metaphor itself and kind of that that sort of comparison that you made to, um, you know, the Spartans in the movie 300. That was um, an interesting take on it. I will say, um, I guess I had some legal questions just with like <laughs> copyrights and stuff. Um, that was probably the big one for me was, you know, if this is a a, a massive thing you're gonna have to cover some of the some of your bases with the copyrights and making sure you're citing the right people and uh you know potentially giving royalties to the people who worked on the movie 300 yeah um a way around that or maybe not fully around it but kind of around it is to kind of do your own version if you could find enough people to kind of reenact a similar scene but with your own stuff um but that was that was probably my biggest question about it was I I have a I have a feeling there were some uh, some issues on that front. But aside from the like the comparison itself and the metaphor itself, I thought was really interesting. And you could certainly uh, certainly use a similar theme for marketing Bitcoin Cash to kind yeah. of get the idea out there. I think. Uh huh. Yeah, because I mean I. As as regards to the legal sort of side of it, I mean there there are provisions and stuff around being able to like fair use, you know, existing media, and you're allowed to sort of chop and change things. And obviously, people do that on YouTube all the yeah. time. Plus, we did some of our own, you know, visual editing and everything. So my hope is that that would make us uh, <laughs> make enough it different, different enough, yeah, yeah, that it would just kind of be like, okay, well, that that's that's creative license. That's sort of a, a remix, but. On the other hand, I'm I am totally happy to be sued over this uh, <laughs> if it meant that the uh, the video got big enough that it got someone's attention. You know, that's kind of the catch twenty two of all these things. It, it would be sort of a Streisand effect type of moment if the producers of Three Hundred want to sue me over my uh, little YouTube edit. Then that you know other other places would start to pick up that story and it would be a huge thing it would be a massive you know marketing hit for for the bitcoin cash community as everybody wanted to watch this controversial video so uh it might be the best thing in the world if they end up trying to uh sue us over that uh i i don't know exactly but i just yeah i think really the key point is just that 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 community vibe and that that strength of just a minority can defeat a much 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 larger uh minority majority if if they just will not budge like no matter what that that's kind of really the message that i was trying to get out and, and make it a bit dramatic and and everything and i mean we've seen that with the original bitcoin right that uh no matter how many times it was called the scam or people attacked it you know or hated on it or ignored it or laughed at it or joked at it the actual bitcoiners themselves were just like nope this is it we're not moving off it and eventually the rest of the world has to budge right it's kind of similar to this um principle by nasim talib about intolerant minorities that if uh let's say you have a group uh, of people if there's 
five, you know, uh, omnivores and one vegetarian, well, they will go to a vegetarian restaurant to accommodate that one person because everybody else can kind of be flexible, but that one person just will not budge and will be excluded. So, in order, you know, things will obviously shift to the person who has the strongest opinion that will not budge off it, even if they're out outnumbered or the same way that if you have eight people in a group and one of them speaks English and the other, uh, you know, seven speak, let's say French, but they also speak a little bit of English, but the one English person doesn't speak French, then usually people will talk in English so that everyone can be included, you know, and because they don't have that flexibility to participate on both sides, naturally it will move to that way. And that's basically the same principle of Bitcoin. And eventually it's going to be the same principle of Bitcoin cash, which is that people come in from other cryptos slowly to Bitcoin cash, but it's very, because it's so hardcore and so, um, you know, serious uh, with the plan to kind of take over the whole world. People generally don't tend to leave as much from Bitcoin cash to other communities. So in the long run, I think that's, that's where it's going to, going to find a lot of success. Hopefully, anyway, um, and just one of the funniest things about this was on the on the next slide was coincidentally, then we had some Bitcoin BTC people had the same idea, <laughs> basically, <laughs> where this one guy laser hodl, he said on Twitter, if we had to die for Bitcoin to succeed, it would be worth it. And then this one other guy uh, who followed him was Satrinity. He said, we're the 300 Spartans. So this was a couple of days after I'd released uh, my video. And I don't think they knew about that, but it was funny that they had had, that got those same vibes of, yeah, it's us just the fighting up against the, you know, outnumbered by the bankers and, and everything like that. And this was a classic moment because then we were able to uh, be cashier and I were posting our video in the comments. And the, the best part about it was that these guys who were saying we'd die for Bitcoin and everything, they then just immediately blocked us on Twitter because they didn't like uh, our video sort of uh, got under their skin, right? So it was, it was a bit of an encapsulation of the whole thing where Bitcoiners like to believe that they are the true original hardcore minority. But the fact of the matter is since their whole premise now is just our price is higher and that's really it they've kind of lost the original vision of actually trading peer-to-peer with people so if you call them out on that they're really fragile and they just immediately block you but in their head they're these ultra tough warriors that are going to go the distance but they can't even stand one 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 comment on twitter and they're already uh they're already salty so it's pretty obvious to me that that's a a coin that is not going to be able to hang in the long run when when their own supporters are that uh, kind of, you know, easily perturbed uh, just on Twitter. You know, I don't, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I was actually kind of even thinking about it, like from a digital marketing perspective of, you know, part of what digital marketing is all about, especially social media marketing is sort of building the conversation or encouraging the conversation. So um, it's it's not really productive when, you know, somebody gets really touchy about some of these subjects, but um, you know, being able to have that conversation with people who have, you know, two different opinions about two different kinds of cryptocurrency, there's value in that. I kind of wish that they would have been a little bit hardened up a little bit on it so that you could kind of have that conversation back and forth with each other. 
Um, but I thought it was cool that you you were kind of able to throw that video in there and kind of give them <laughs> give them another way of thinking about things. So yeah, exactly. Because oh, yeah. they're 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 thinking, oh, we're so hardcore and we're so exactly. cool with our Twitter posts. But it's like, yeah, but we made we went you know we went the extra <laughs> we went, mile. We made the video. We made, made yeah. a whole video and mm-hmm. like it's a whole thing and and everything like that, right? So it's it's really just a question of you know action uh action defeats words you know mm-hmm. people can talk a big game but where's their video with the 300 spuns oh wait they didn't make it and if they do make it now which they're <laughs> not going to it would just be a ripoff and they're like you know they're behind the curve they're 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 copying you don't want to be some somebody else setting this tone right? right that's the that's the digital like that's the marketing thing is you be gotta be, yeah you've got to be the fresh one not <laughs> yeah. the not the copycat and the knockoff is always seen as worse mm-hmm. and that was why i had in the original video the original cryptocurrency you know that that's a very strong point in bitcoin cash that they're just like read the white paper it's us we are the original mm-hmm. and bitcoin is they've actually sort of uh given that away they've sort of uh seceded that because they they say oh now it's like digital gold and it's like well you can read in the white paper it's not about digital gold there's some references to that but that was the point was to just trade it directly not to be storing it in a in a bank vault you know so uh it it really just that that's a message that we gotta we gotta stick to and as time goes on it's going to be more and more obvious that uh the bbc crowd are, are just are just finished and out of it cool right so that was the big initial uh segment today but we gotta we gotta double back to our usual uh statistics that we check in on every week so the price this week 506 dollars and 72 cents us for one bitcoin cash so down quite a bit this week and uh 86.3 bch to one bdc so also down against bdc but there has been a lot of instability in the cryptocurrency markets this week uh, as a result of a number of things, including uh, some of the talks we're going to talk about, China banning it, the Evergrande stuff in China. They've had a lot of problems with their real estate market. Everybody just generally quite uncertain. And in the cryptocurrency markets in those times, it will tend to be that people sell off all the other coins and move back into Bitcoin because they see it as the most uh, strongest and most reliable. So I think that's been uh, part of it. But as a cryptocurrency investor, Caroline, what do you think about about the price obviously it is horribly volatile sometimes you're up sometimes you're down but how how have you handled that yeah i mean i think honestly the biggest piece of advice i could give anybody is like don't be investing money that you don't have or you know disposable make sure you have disposable income to put into this because you can make money as quickly as you can lose it um you know for me i sort of when i started investing it was um I knew that I was going to hold on to my crypto for a while. I have not quite gotten on the bandwagon of using it for transactions and things like that um, because it is so volatile. I like, you know, with my bank account, I know that $1 is $1 and it's just always going to be $1. And yeah, I'm not going to make a whole lot of money off of that aside from, you know, a tiny little bit of interest maybe. But um, I always know that I have that money. You can't necessarily know that with a lot of um, a lot of crypto. But um, yeah, if you make sure that you always are only putting in money that you, you can afford to lose, if you can afford to lose it all, then it's, it's okay to be putting that money in, but it's going to go all over the place. I remember earlier this year, didn't it go above like 1500 USD? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, you know, it skyrocketed and then plummeted again. So <laughs> it's going to do that. It's, it's kind of a typical, typical thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty inevitable. And that, that is ultimately 
uh, yeah, how people should should treat it, you know, because if, if I mean, there's, you know, as the world sort of shifts over, it's just going to be a very volatile process. So, I mean, I believe that it's going to just take over absolutely everything, but maybe it just gets to a certain size that hits a certain niche and then that's what it's used for. And then, you know, government currencies used for something else like that. I don't really believe in that, but I can see, you know, there's, there's a strong case. Uh, well, I don't think there is, but anyway, <laughs> the point is some people might think that that, that that was a potential outcome. Right. And so under that scenario, it, it makes sense that you would, uh, uh, you would, you know, sort of migrate over as your, as your risk tolerance allows. And, and the same, you know, even for people who are sort of true believers and, and whatever, it's still like, it is very volatile and life's difficult. You know, people have, all kinds of uh, expenses and and things they need and yeah if you just all in on crypto and then it goes through the through the floor well you might be struggling a little so uh yeah make make sure you're not you're not wrecking yourself uh check yourself before you wreck yourself yeah exactly yeah. as ice uh, caroline says uh you know famous rapper yeah um check yourself before you wreck yourself Okay, cool. So we've got the transactions as well this week that we follow this week. Kind of notable for the fact that uh, BCH had a, this huge surge in activity um, where it has been, you know, following about a half to a third of BDC. But then just for one de- couple couple days, really, it just spiked up and yet again did more transactions than, than BDC. So this has happened before and it's happened again. And uh, the fees don't go up when it whenever this happens. So the model is proven that the larger blocks from Bitcoin Cash uh, can make it a more efficient payment network for for more transactions. We just really need to build up enough of an economy for it to actually be uh, sustained like that. Um, so you know that that's that that's that's the hope for the future. But uh, you know it has been mostly pretty flat over the last. Um, six months in terms of the actual on-chain transactions. I don't know. What do you think about this? Have you? Uh, I don't have a whole lot of opinions on that. Have you been been transacting a lot? No, (laughs) no, because I started investing as it was going up and now it's plummeted again. I'm not, I'm holding my, I'm holding on to my Bitcoin cash until it goes back up again. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in it for the long haul. Yeah, I'm a long hauler. All right. So now we got the BTC sent in USD and the BCH. So, uh, like we talked about last week, there was just this huge uh, spike as people were saying maybe somebody's been hacked and all these billions of dollars were being moved around. Well, a couple of you know uh, weeks later, it seems it hasn't resulted in calamity. Like there hasn't come out news that FTX have lost billions in Bitcoin and the whole thing's going to blow up and they're going to be in crisis. Like So it seems, at least for the moment, that things have kind of settled down to a more regular type of level in terms of the actual uh, BTC volume and the, and the same with the BCH. It did have a big spike on that same day as the transaction. So yet again, for the second or, or third time, BCH has just for a moment peaked above the metrics of uh, BTC. So the, the signs are there that it could just, you know, get over and then stay stay over. But it's still just sort of testing the waters in, in terms of... Uh, of making it there but i don't know perhaps this goes somewhat to explaining the volatility maybe it does maybe it doesn't i I don't know any thoughts on this one 
No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, You're more experienced in this area than I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is definitely on-chain analytics is not, uh, you know, mainstream no. uh, thing. <laughs> right. Okay. So we've got first news of the week then was this. So there's noise.cash. I don't know. Have I showed you noise.cash? You haven't. I will show you noise.cash. Okay. So it's basically like Twitter, except... Uh, when you can like and and comment on people's posts, it sends them Bitcoin Cash, right? So you can send money to anybody just because their comment was pretty cool, which is a, a, an interesting idea because it, you know, we already sort of live in a world where being famous or having a lot of attention, a lot of Twitter followers, usually people can monetize that some way, right? Like they can, uh, you know, they can do a media deal. Or they, you know, maybe they're famous because they're an artist or something like that. And the bigger reach of their Twitter following means whatever they post, you know, they can find a way to to, to turn that into money for themselves. But Noise.Cash has taken that a step further. Where in theory, if you had, I don't think, I don't think even the biggest posts are on uh, Noise.Cash. You know, the biggest is uh, Mark Demiesel, besides the official account. Um, and he has like, I think 7,000 or something like that. But in the future, as it grows, if you could have, you know, 100,000 followers on this platform, I mean, if each of them, you know, sent you 10 cents, right? It adds up fast, uh, especially when you can just make uh, new posts all, all the time. Or if, you know, I don't know what the average uh, send is, probably the default is just like one cent or two cents, mm -hmm. but you can, and I have seen people have sent, you know, $500 or $1,000 if somebody posts, you know, like a breaking news story, for instance, if they're being a journalist on the, the front line of, of something like in the crypto scene or otherwise, right? Like uh, we might see more and more yet yeah, journalists and, and fringe media who can't get sort of corporate backing, they could post on here and then be directly supported uh, by, by their community for, for the work they're doing, right? So uh, anyway, there's been a huge hit in the Bitcoin cash scene over the last uh, seven or eight months. It's grown a lot. It, it started out very, very small uh, and was all focused on Bitcoin cash. But now there's all kinds of content on there because people have started, you know, diversifying into, into their, their other interests. Right. And so the, but the story from this week was that they've grown so much that they're now starting to be the target of attacks because that's what happens when your website is small. Nobody knows about it. Nobody attacks it. Right. But as it gets bigger and bigger, more people start to attack it. So uh, somebody was trying to attack noise.cash with these, uh, trying millions of password uh, combinations. And I guess in this case, it's more of a, an issue than even like Twitter, because even if they got in, they could maybe try and take people's money as well as uh, just, mm -hmm. you know, their, their data or their information or their private messages, right? So uh, I think this is just, it sort of ties into the whole thing, the theme of the Spartans is, is that like, as you get bigger, as you get more attention, well, the opposition ramps up too, you know, and, and Bitcoin Cash has suffered in the past because, it has struggled with censorship that whenever it starts to get rolling, you know, the sort of the powers that be, I don't even really want to use that phrase, but people who are against it, whether that's because they've invested in Bitcoin BTC or whether because they don't want to see cryptocurrency succeeding or just because they see the opportunity to make money, like stealing all this uh, Bitcoin cash, uh, they, they start trying to find ways to, you know, hack and, and attack it. And the community has to be prepared for that and also respond by, uh, you know, building its own its own channels and its own resilient network to to survive these these kind of attacks. So, just yeah, what what are your thoughts on both the idea of like a monetized uh, Twitter, and then also uh, I don't know if you have any opinions on government or other kind of attacks on 
on these sort of crypto crypto projects you know yeah i mean i think and as you were explaining this i think you did wind up showing me noise.cash um my first initial instinct was why would you want to monetize social media when you have all these mainstream social medias that you can use like for free um i do think that there's probably some value though like you said with um, people, people being able to send, you know, a penny or, you know, two cents, something like that, where it's sort of not really going to hurt most people. Um, it's not going to be, you know, taking large sums of large sums of cash. But if, again, if you had enough followers, you could sort of develop a huge amount of money just by a couple of people sending you two cents with a post. Um, part of the problem though, and we're seeing this with them having a hack attempt is you, anytime you're dealing with money of any kind you really need to have like heightened security you know there's loads of measures that banks other financial institutions are going to take with their online um platforms and apps and things like that um and they still get hacked so then you know if you're <laughs> if you're looking at like noise.cash i'm sure those are not in place and so it makes it a lot easier um for people to you know hack in and try and take advantage of people um, so you really, you have to have some, some semblance of security measures set up if anytime you're dealing with something involving money of any kind or any kind of currency. So, um, I guess, yeah, that I'm not surprised to hear that this has happened, especially since it's becoming bigger. Um, I just, you know, it's a step that needs to be taken anytime you're dealing with this type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it is inevitable, right? It mm-hmm. is. People are going to try and get in there. And, and this one, it was like a attempted, but the actual amount of compromises was, was quite right. small. So that, good. that was, yeah, that was one good thing for the Bitcoin cash community that it seems like those measures had been taken to a reasonable, obviously not, it wasn't totally uh, bulletproof, but I'm sure, you know, uh, and that's a big theme of, of cryptocurrency, like as it gets attacked, instead of getting weaker, it gets stronger, right? It's mm-hmm. anti-fragile, right? Like, as more people criticize it or find problems with it, well, the community thinks and they come up with solutions because they say, yeah, that's true, or they need to be resilient against every kind of attack. That was sort of the birth of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general is that it, there's all kinds of people gunning for it, you know, because people always want to steal money and the government wants to shut it down and the banks obviously want to do whatever they can to disrupt it if it's uh, disrupting their business. So it has to it has to prove its own metal in that it has to survive all of these different uh, incoming attacks uh, at every scale. And ultimately, you know, the, the idea is that people who don't like it will run out of attacks that they can make, that they've, they've tried everything and it hasn't stopped it. It's still running, right? Like the Bitcoin network since inception and the Bitcoin cash network, uh, the same, have both had 100% uptime. It has basically never been taken. There's been one or two small chain uh, fixes, but I don't think you've ever not been able to sort of submit transactions and in you know the longer that carries on and the more provably secure it is obviously the the better for the currency and the community and the more faith that the world generally has that uh that crypto is solid and and not going away right so Mm -hmm. so that is really important all right next up we've got (laughs) this is a bit of a recurring cycle i think i've even already had this headline pretty much on the show in the last six months but china has banned cryptocurrency and this is about their 10th ban of it. it literally every six months when I uh, first got involved in 2000, the end of 2013, China was banning Bitcoin at that time. Uh, everybody was very worried about it. Um, 
there was this huge rally and it was really getting on everyone's uh, radar. And so China, of course, China they kicked in and they banned it. Uh, and then ever since then, they have every six months basically done a fresh ban. So they never really just ban it and say, we're finished. Uh, instead, they ban it. But who knows how much that's actually enforced or whether uh, many punishments are handed out or whether it's more sort of grandstanding or whether they were trying to sort of scare off other countries from getting involved in it. There could be a lot of things, but this latest one is a is a it's the same in that I'm completely unworried that in six months' time they'll announce that they've banned it again, and in the intervening period of time, everyone will have learned to ignore them. But the interesting thing about this one that was has not been seen before is that they specifically mentioned certain cryptocurrencies. This was not just we don't like cryptocurrencies, which has been seen in the past. It was Bitcoin, BTC, Ethereum, and Tether which, uh, as I've discussed on the show before, is a bit of a scam and is going to blow up and be a real problem. So China maybe is actually doing its citizens a favour in that sense if they are saving them from that scam, but they're also probably not doing them a favour if they're cutting off their ability to use Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? So is this going to finish off cryptocurrency or be a big problem for the industry no because it will just route around it and carry on in the rest of the world where where it's not banned basically and china didn't ban owning it either so everyone who has it now didn't have to sell out they could just keep sitting on it uh and i guess also in china it's quite common that people might just uh whatever the rules are and whatever's actually going on can be quite different depending on how well connected you are as well too so for all of those reasons uh I'm not super, super stressed about this. And it was just another round of, of China bans uh, Bitcoin. But it's certainly interesting that they're calling out different uh, currencies. But yeah, what do you think about cryptocurrency getting regulated and different countries, you know, responding in this way with the, with the law? Yeah, I think one of the things you have to keep in mind with China, and you see this with the ongoing, you know, bans, they ban it and then nothing really happens is they are to a certain extent trying to f- just flex their muscles kind of cause a little bit of a little bit of chaos prove that they've got you know a stand in world global economics um and this is just one example of that you can see that in you know many other areas of the economy but um i do think we're going to see more of this regulation though um i know um and i can't remember i haven't heard of anything about this in a while but um the u.s congress had like a special a special team that they created to kind of look into crypto and um you know are we taxing it correctly what kind of regulations do we need to put in place to protect consumers um the bigger that it becomes it's going to skew this way um it'll just be interesting to see how different countries sort of handle it um it's kind of rare in the u.s for uh us to really be pushing regulations or things like that. Um, But I do think we'll continue to see it um, as it continues to grow, especially because right now I think it's taxed like property, you know, it's technically a currency, but we tax it like property. So um, I think there's going to be more, more looking into that. Like, is that the correct way for us to be, to be regulating this or is there another way? So we're, we're going to continue to see this across the board. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, very interesting. We, I talked about last week that regulators always are trying to 
they're trying to sort of play both sides of the fence, right? Mm -hmm. If it suits them for it to be a property, then it'll be a property. But as soon as it suits them to be a currency, it'll be a currency. And then as it suits them to be a stock or a commodity, that's what it'll be, right? And every different government agency who are not necessarily coordinated across the board might be trying to put in their own rules and regulations and, and whatever. And the fact of the matter is that cryptocurrency companies, they can't afford to try and follow every single different type of rule, especially when they're a not clear and b get changed all the time because they're trying to run a business you know they've got enough other priorities to worry about between engineering new products and um you know handling customer support and marketing you know they've got enough things so to some extent obviously consumers are can be reassured or protected in some sense by having regulation but if those regulations are not well understood and rarely enforced then the benefit is is kind of limited uh, and current and companies and consumers might just totally ignore them. But even if they if they do that, well, then you're left on the other side, which is that it's just people are out to sort of look after themselves. And if there is any disaster, well, it's just too bad, so sad, you know. And uh, that's that's kind of the way that I personally like cryptocurrency. <laughs> that you just do your own research, and if you get scammed or lose coins or whatever which which i have done myself right so i have skin in the game i'm not just saying this this has happened to me <laughs> then uh you know you just sort of accept your own responsibility that i was an idiot and i should have you know done my research better i shouldn't have put the coins in somebody else's control you know all those kind of things but it's not necessarily realistic that everybody would agree with or even you know operate that way right so there is going to be a, a spectrum of, of different approaches and Certainly, uh, China have had one of the globally the most interesting approaches, which seems to be very low enforcement, but constant scary announcements that it's all over and they're not uh, they're not allowing it anymore. Right? We haven't seen really in you know the UK or in Australia or in America even any sense that it should be illegal. I don't think like there's there's a sense that it should be regulated. But I don't think the idea of just no, we're not having this at all can really fly in an, you know, an economy or an environment where people are expecting like we want to be on the forefront of innovation. We don't want to be left behind. We want to let the, you know, the free market and capitalism sort of d develop it. Right. At least that's that's my sense. I, I, I don't know. Do you, has there been any of that? Do you think there are many people in America that would say it should be illegal completely get rid of it all. I mean, there's definitely talk of that. I don't know that it's really to any sort of extent that anybody's too concerned about it. Um, but I have heard about, you know, certain politicians coming out and saying, yeah, like this is, we shouldn't have any of this going on. We need to ban crypto. Um, I don't think it will gain a whole lot of traction, at least in the US. Uh, we're too, too much of a free market for that to uh, really take place. Um, I think the more likely trajectory is just that it's going to become more and more regulated. It's going to be taxed differently. It's going to, you know, a lot of that stuff. But it's certainly in that sentiment is certainly there in the political landscape. Like there are people who feel that way. So, but but at this point, what it's just it's just too big. It's gone too far. Do you think if let's say five years ago, mm -hmm. and and this is kind of the ironic thing about it, right? Is the people who most want to ban it were the least aware of yes. it, right? So yeah. when they could have had maybe some more clout or some more chance to sway people onto their side, 
they either ignored it or they didn't pay attention to it. And now that it's big and it's actually too hard for them to, you know, it's in, in too deep, mm-hmm. it's too entrenched in everything or it's got too much uh, momentum, now they want to ban it, but they've kind of missed their window to, to do it. But do you think there would have been more public sympathy if there'd been big calls to ban it five years ago, let's say? Potentially, just because a lot fewer people were involved. I do think at least in the US, there is sort of that feeling that um, we are a free market and you can't just outright ban something unless it's, you know, particularly dangerous to somebody. Mm. And I don't think anybody sees crypto as being dangerous in any way. Well, it is dangerous in the sense you can lose (laughs) all your money. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, And again, I think that's more of a regulatory issue than anything else. Um, It's not like a not like heavy like drugs, drugs or anything yeah. yeah um where it could you know potentially kill somebody directly yeah um and i think that that's probably where we see that it isn't going to have as much of a traction in a country like the u.s but you do see a place like china that does have a real stranglehold over its own economy yeah um where that kind of messaging can play a big role um and people can hear that and be like, oh, they may actually act on that. Whereas in the US, it's more of, yeah, it's just some politician that's trying to, you know, get their get their name out there. Yeah, talking yeah. About this stuff. a bit more sort of grandstanding. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's definitely interesting that, yeah, different countries will have their thing to ban it. But like in the US, you know, hard drugs, I mean, there's always still just a bit of a gap between, you know, talking the talk and walking the walk, right? The Americans have had the war on drugs for a long time. And Sure, drugs are not, you know, a pervasive problem in, you know, the majority of American society, right? But they're around. If you want to get hard drugs, if you're keen for it, you probably can, right? Probably anywhere in America. So uh, even, you know, if drugs drugs can make it around uh, America, then I'm pretty sure that crypto can. And and my logic for that is pretty simple, which is that maybe 5% of people really want drugs, but a lot more than 5% of people really want crypto. So uh, in that sense, it's got a much bigger... And also drug users perhaps not the most able to coordinate or build uh, you know economic value but crypto uh people may be a bit more clear-headed uh and uh you know got their lives together i don't know maybe um so that's just that's another another thing uh to sort of think about for anybody who thinks that america or even china is going to be able to completely eliminate it there's there's drugs in china for sure uh too it's just a, a question of you know ratcheting up the the risk really Uh, as it was so kind of on the same topic then coinbase last week we talked about the uh sec who they uh coinbase said look we're going to release a bitcoin lending program which a lot of other companies had done so it was like deposit bitcoin with us and then in a year you know we give it back plus two percent extra that kind of a thing and a lot of companies had done similar products to that and so the sec had told coinbase look if you're going to do something like this you should tell us and give us a heads up. And so, you know, we can be involved. And so Coinbase, who are a very uh, regulatory compliant company, agreed with them. And before they launched their new product, they told the SEC about it. And the SEC came back and said, this is illegal. You can't do this. If you do this, we're going to sue you. And Coinbase said, why? A, when every other, everyone else already has this and you're not suing them. And like B, why, like, why us? Uh, can you give us some more reasons and and detailed reasoning and the sec basically didn't really refuse to provide any info so there was a huge public outcry because coinbase published all this information and said 
look, here's the SEC completely killing uh, innovation and, and whatever. Like, rip, why, why are you doing this um, to us? And what they ended up happening was that Coinbase backed off and they didn't release their product, which I guess is a big loss for them because they would have spent the time and energy to build it and develop it and yeah. figure out how to fit it into the legal framework, which then got changed out from underneath them, right? So that's a huge loss. And also it's obviously a competitive disadvantage that if their competitors have these products and are just running them uh, and consumers want them, right? Because they're going to those platforms for those reasons, then then Coinbase can't be able to keep up with this uh, if they can't offer the lending products themselves. So obviously the SEC did bully them off this position uh, one way or another, and maybe it, I don't know how much bad blood it will have created between those two, but is this a case of, of innovation being stifled by the regulators or how much faith do you think the average American has in the sort of good intentions of someone like the SEC to regulate in the interest of consumers versus just protecting the entrenched banks and, you know, the government interests and the lobby groups and, and whatever. Yeah, I think, um, it's tough because the SEC does have a good track record of looking out for consumers. So for them to come out and do something like this for someone who's not super educated in uh, things like cryptocurrency um, and some of the finer points, um, especially with being able to lend things, lend crypto out um, and make some interest off of that. I think it's easy for people to sort of side with the SEC on that because they have, they have a good track record. Um, they clearly aren't um, uh, free of fault. Um, and I would be really interested to, for them to actually come out and say, why? Like, what? why really are you telling Coinbase that they can't do this? Do you think, is it something to do with them being significantly bigger than any of these other institutions that are um, allowing, that they're allowing to do this sort of thing? Um, but I, I want to know what the SEC's side of the story is and I wish they would come out and say it because I think that that would give a lot more clarity to people of you know why they made this decision and what can Coinbase do so that they can be involved in this but yeah so even you know one of the things when I think of America and I imagine it as a as a country especially obviously relative to Australia but even to um, you know parts of uh, Europe or, or the UK or whatever is the sort of distrust of government right that people are very, very strongly, you know, right from the founding of the country, it was over tax uh, mm-hmm. regulation, right? That was what the whole war of independence and everything was about. So I imagine Americans as, as quite a bit more willing to sort of disregard the government or to not believe that the government is there to look after them and, and you know, working in their, in their best interests. And so as a result of that, I think we've seen that cryptocurrency has had a a fairly you know america is definitely a big player in the cryptocurrency space because also because of that you know tradition of entrepreneurialism and silicon valley and all of that sort of stuff but these kind of regulations have have kind of put the brakes on that a bit which is that i think a lot of companies now that are involved in america might be looking for ways to get out of there and new ones that would be starting uh in the industry when they look around the world, I mean, they can probably set up anywhere because it is an internet-based thing. If you've got a good internet connection, well, you're, you're probably right to serve consumers uh, globally. So for those reasons, 
I can I can see that America is maybe cutting cutting off their nose to spite their face a little bit. That they really in the in the long run, the more confusing, the more the SEC kind of gives everyone the runaround, and the more they get their existing industry offside, it just hurts the the growth of it overall. And you know, cryptocurrency is going to find a way in some country somewhere, uh, and and it might it might just not end up being america in in large in large part are you worried about that or do you think that people in america you know like we talked before about people might want to uh ban it right but there must be a middle ground there there's some people who want to ban it and some people who love it and think we should have as much of it as possible for the people in the middle how strongly do they think of the idea that uh if if we ban it even if, you know, I might not like it, but if we ban it, we're also cutting ourselves off from that that free innovation. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's something that the average person has given too much thought to, um, but I think that um, it's pretty clear to see that if you do sort of regulate it into the grounds that it's going to put the U.S. at a disadvantage. Um, one of the things that Americans love to talk about is America being the greatest country in the world. Well, if you want to be the greatest, you need to participate in the world. You need to participate in the global economy. And if this is how the global economy is moving, we need to be involved in it. Um, I would imagine that as it continues to become more mainstream, I'd say it's probably only over the past year to two years that it's sort of come into the general consciousness of Americans a little bit more. Um, I do think that people will start to have more opinions on, you know, the value of it in our economy, but we're, we're just not quite there yet. It's not something that people, the average person has been aware of for too long at this stage, I think. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting to, to hear you say, you know, because I've, I put it on your radar, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and so I guess maybe it's in the, in the back of your mind, but obviously for most people, they hear about it once or they forget about it or they don't really know, what 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 it's like can you talk a little about it like do you among you know your friends or your relatives or anything have they reached out to you or have they talked to you about it or would you see i don't know more advertise for instance uh in the last i had a segments on this show where i talked about starting to see more posters pop up around london with uh you know bitcoin and information mm-hmm. you know check out this service that service right it started to just come up and that kind of background passive presence does sort of slowly build up in in people's mind like on the ground in america have have you seen any of that what's that been like yeah i mean um coinbase is a good example they right before they came out with their ipo um they started running commercials on tv basically like tracking the timeline of bitcoin um and how how much it was worth in u.s dollars um and kind of ending with it you know skyrocketing into like you know fifty thousand dollars um and was like you know oh it's just the beginning and you know everybody come get involved in coinbase but um we have seen a little bit of that i think maybe to a lesser extent than you're seeing in london um as far as seeing it like on street corners and things like that i also don't live in a major city so it's possible that in some place like new york you would see a little bit more of that Um, but it definitely is something that we're seeing a little bit more of, but again, I mean, this, the commercials Coinbase was running was like January of this year. Before Mm. that, I hadn't seen anything on a TV about like Bitcoin or crypto or anything. So, um, it's definitely 
been a slow, a slow process for sure. Yeah. But if breaking through now, I mean, that, that is very interesting to hear and uh, kind of an interesting angle by Coinbase to lean into the whole get rich angle, you know, yeah. that may or may not have worked out in terms of people that invested and then subsequently lost, lost. A, lot, lost a lot of money, right? So yeah. uh, that's certainly a, a risky maneuver. I do think though that it's kind of following that same trajectory kind of as I was explaining to you, like I'm not super involved in like day-to-day transactions with the crypto that I have. I definitely have more, more of a stock mindset about it and i know you know the few friends that i have that have invested in crypto it's a little bit more of that mindset they aren't going around looking for places that will accept bitcoin cash or accept ethereum they're just looking to you know buy some and hold it um and see if they can make some money off of it in the long term kind of like diversifying their diversifying their investment portfolio um so i think we still have a long ways to go before it becomes main like truly mainstream to be using crypto to buy stuff for sure yeah, I mean, that's definitely an interesting angle on it, right? Is that the younger people, maybe, you know, you would think tr- traditionally that they would have a more open mindset to a new technology or whatever. But I think probably in this case, what a lot of people are, are missing who, you know, if you're 40 or 50 right now and you're getting into cryptocurrency, you know, you might you might have different reasons for that. But probably like retirement planning is not something that you're thinking about, but if you're in, you know, your twenties or you're a teenager and you might think, look, I can get some crypto now and just let the industry run for mm-hmm. 30 years. And maybe in 30 or 40 years, it, it will be a completely different, uh, you know, story what's going on. And so I don't want to be completely missing out on that. Right? right. And so it doesn't even need to be, even though the premise eventually is that everybody will be trading cryptocurrency you can kind of get there by stealth, which is if everybody who is younger start thinking i need to at least have some and definitely you know i i've seen people that i have introduced to cryptocurrency you know they the even if they don't get to the point of, of wanting to trade it every day or it's not convenient or whatever um but they still understand that it's valuable and they want to hold on to it and that's the that's the most significant thing right because if you end up with a society where everybody wants to hold crypto then it will be traded naturally because everybody wants crypto and everybody wants you know food and drink and to pay their rent and, and all that sort of stuff, right? And so if more and more and more people are getting on board the idea that crypto is here to stay, then naturally an economy will start to kind of uh, grow out of that even without needing to force the aspect of like, can I pay you back with this or is this shop accepting it or, or, or whatever, right? So, For sure. All right, cool. So let's have a look here at, uh, we've got the... Um, Big news as well for this week was AMC, who are the world's largest cinema chain uh, with 1,004 theatres worldwide and 11,041, kind of interesting there that it's all one zeros and fours, yeah. <laughs> uh, screens, uh, started accepting Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin. So they announced a little while ago, I think, that they were going to accept Bitcoin BDC and I don't know that there was any great uh, announcement or evidence as part of this that, that that had been a roaring success and they'd been thrilled by it. Uh, and so it sort of raises the question of it could have gone either way, right? It could have been that they accepted Bitcoin. It was a massive success, you know, from their internal metrics. And as a result, they thought, well, let's add some others. Maybe that'll be a great success. Or maybe they did, they did it. They added Bitcoin. 
it wasn't super popular, but they got a load of feedback saying, but I, what about the other cryptos? You know, like we're interested in this, but just Bitcoin on its own is, is not going to get the job done. Right. And so this is something that I often talk about on the show and, and point out, which is that, that that is the big four of the heavy hitters has been Bitcoin and then Ethereum, BCH and, and Litecoin as the, as the next three that have been around the longest. They've proven that they're here to stay and they're kind of in the mainstream, right? A lot of the other coins, which are maybe up and coming or they have different angles or approach, they haven't been around long enough for really big <laughs> chains to kind of trust that they're not going, going away tomorrow, right? And in the case of AMC, it's also a strange case because they've recently been involved in the whole meme stocks thing with like GameStop skyrocketing and the short squeeze and everything. And then AMC are kind of in the same scenario where they have had their stock skyrocket and a lot of people get involved and maybe turn around a struggling industry now that nobody really needs to uh, go to the cinema if they can just stream movies uh, online. But yeah, I, I don't know. What, what do you think about this? Tell us about AMC. Have you been to see a movie at an AMC theater? Um, I'm sure I have. I can't think of it anything that like separated an AMC theater from any other theater that I've been to, but they're definitely a big deal um, in that sort of landscape. I do think it'll be interesting to see, you know, over the next few years, especially with COVID um, that sort of led to uh, some movie premieres that like premiered in a theater, but also on a streaming service. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see if people will still, to a certain extent, gravitate towards theaters because it is a like experience of having this big screen and surround sound and um, you know, all of that that you don't get. (laughs) Right. And I think still to watch a movie that's premiered on a streaming service, it costs roughly the same as going to the theater, buying a ticket, things like that. Um, So as long as there isn't that sort of price differential, I would think that there would still be some people thinking, okay, well, if I am going to spend the same amount of money either way, why don't I go ahead and go to a theater? Um, but I do think over overall, there's we're definitely seeing that theaters, um, well, even with AMC stocks, like, you know, it skyrocketed at that one point for a little while, but that was sort of an artificial sort of change in the market that wasn't necessarily due to any specific market features um, and they are trending downward so wouldn't surprise me if adding in some of these options for um, crypto helps them try to stay more relevant in this more digital landscape yeah get some more publicity and everything and Mm -hmm. do do you think that this kind of thing makes a big impact in in corporate america If, if if amc are doing this do all the other cinema chains start to think to themselves Oh shit! You know we need to we need to be looking into this. We need to be ready to go with our you know our similar rollout. Or do you think they kind of think, look, AMC have finished. We've 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 got them beat. Like if this is their kind of desperation in in quotes like play, then then we can just write them off now. Like, what, do you have any speculation on that? I don't think that anybody's panicked over it in that sort of sphere of like, oh, we got to start moving on this right away. But I do think that it, it would be. Um, a mistake from a business perspective to not at least go, oh, they're starting to accept this crypto, um, especially because they're doing some of the more popular ones. Um, Maybe we should start thinking about that as well. Um, I don't think that there's really a rush timeline there, but I do think that it's something that people will be sort of considering within the cinema landscape, especially since 
they are going to need to be looking for different ways to stay relevant now that the economy is a little more digital. Yeah, and we'll we'll wait and see. But I'm hoping and praying that AMC sits on it for six months and then releases some stats because it would be so interesting to see what was the actual percentage of tickets that ended up being sold like this did it trend up or down over time maybe initially a lot of people were excited but then they kind of forgot about it or maybe it sort of slowly built up and the distribution of coins too now that they're going to have these four options well it will just be a a bit of a market test of like you know which ones are, are consumers uh, willing to invest in and which ones are they willing to to spend and, and use you know for for commerce right so either you know any aspect of that could be super interesting um but i don't know if we are or we aren't going to get all the details amc won't want to be secretly sitting on that and having their execs buy up the coin that they know that everyone that they know that everyone likes right they could be doing a bit of insider trading uh and maybe other companies will need to accept crypto themselves to to get that uh reliable data of of what the market's thinking i don't know could uh could be interesting we'll see obviously my hope is that bitcoin cash just rockets ahead of all the others and that the community you know who are trying to live and spend on you know crypto as they're just their main source of uh currency hopefully uh they can represent and show up to some of those theaters if if you want to go see new james bond or whatever (laughs) (laughs) go go check that out and send some uh bitcoin cash maybe uh and uh rep the community that that would be pretty cool all right, so uh, every week, take a bit of a look at a community comment of the week. So this one comes from George Donnelly. He uh, has been on the show actually before, so I'll, I'll put a link to his his episode if you want to get a full breakdown. A lot of great thoughts by him. But he said this week, he said, the little experimental hashtag Bitcoin Cash project you start today could dominate the globe in a decade. Think big and start now. And I just completely agree with this. Obviously, that's part of the reason that I started this uh this podcast was was kind of in the same mentality but it could just be anything in the crypto industry you know it's it's taking off and and it's not really going anywhere so uh you've got to be in it for the long haul to survive all the all the volatility but uh you know everyone listening to this show i encourage you to be you know as involved as 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 you can be really because uh, i think it's the best uh the best thing for everyone the best thing for the world and I just replied here in the in the comments, anyone needing an idea, work backwards. When Bitcoin Cash is the world reserve currency, what projects and services uh, would exist that don't today? Somebody will jump on each of those ideas between then and now, and that person could be you, right? So I think, you know, there's not really a lack of uh, ideas out there. Um, but if, if you want to be involved and you're, and you're passionate about it, that that's how I would, uh, how I would think about it. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Um, not really. <laughs> I, I agree with it. I think that if we're, if we're looking at, it's good to think backwards, right? If we're looking for uh, Bitcoin cash to be the global reserve currency at some point, yeah. um, we have a global reserve currency now. So start thinking about what, what's happening right now that we're going to need in that economy. It's really the best way to think about it. Yeah, that's right. Or just the crypto industry generally, yeah. you know, you don't if you're not convinced on this one coin you can pick another coin or and you know and just or make a currency that will you know a, coin, a service that works with it with every coin right people do tend to specialize into their favorite once they get to that level of kind of involvement right it's hard to be you know making a whole business in in several different coins at once unless you're doing a currency exchange uh type of type of business but you know people can uh figure that out for themselves 
All right, and then we've got meme of the week. So this one we've got a surprise appearance from Nicki Minaj <laughs> in the in the show. So she posted this week, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied, right? So Nicki Minaj came out with this sort of uh, COVID vaccine related information and it set off a huge storm of opinions, right? From everyone saying like, well, Nicki Minaj is, you know, spot on because they're skeptical of the vaccines and stuff like that to people saying, look, this is ridiculous. Like you can find a story of, you know, somebody's cousins, friends, grandfathers, you know, third mother-in-law or whatever, you know, something happened there but that that's just the way the world you know on a sample size of seven billion like who knows whether you know there's obviously no medical evidence where even just taking Nicki Minaj's word that this even happened right uh but I think you know I think it did I don't think she's lying about it but you could easily make the case that that it was you know it was just a joke or or whatever so subsequently there was a lot of fallout with everybody arguing and, and stuff about it and uh, then somebody made this uh, meme, which I quite liked. It's a little four-panel uh, comic of this guy doing a uh, tug of war, and he's pulling, and he's got the the snake. I don't, I don't even know what this it's snake the is. The don't called. tread on me snake. The don't tread on me snake. Is there another name for it though? Is just the. I don't know if it has another name. Uh, I just know that there's like a house near mine that flies a flag that says "Don't tread on me with that snake." Yeah, Jet's going to get in here with the info. There Jet. we go. <laughs> Let, let's hear. It. How, how, what's this snake about? I'm nearly certain it starts with a G. Give me one second to look this up. Cool. <laughs> Gary, Gary the snake. Gary. <laughs> uh, but it's this, anyway, all I know about it is this, this this snake that is heavily associated with this kind of like libertarian or ANCAP type of philosophy of uh, sort of like gun ownership and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? Which is like, you should be armed oh. in defense. I can't read it's that, the, man. You're going to have to read that. The Gadsden flag? The Gadsden uh, flag. It's a timber rattlesnake, uh, coiled and ready to strike. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, th- there you go. Created so in that... 1775. Yep. Cool. All right. So American Revolution. Okay. Well, there you go. So it, it does tie right back to the those early sort of principles and uh, of liberty and uh, you know self defense, self sufficiency, those kind of things, right? So the meme is this guy's doing the pulling uh, the tug of war, and then the second panel is he's pulling the tug of war and then next to him is Nicki Minaj is pulling. And then the third panel is on the other end. It's a guy with a communism uh, shirt and sort of a fat cat banker type of type of guy that they're pulling against. And then the fourth panel is it just cuts back to the the guy with the Gadsden uh, timber rattlesnake on his shirt. And he just says, huh? As he's just like he's been, he's been so focused on pulling that he's just suddenly surprised to find that Nicki Minaj <laughs> is actually on his side, <laughs> which he was not expecting before, right? And this just, this just made me laugh because uh, not only did it, it kind of uh, show the point that uh, anybody can be on the side of, of you know, of cryptocurrency or freedom, really in general. Like it's not some exclusive club, you know, and just because people are not making a big racket out of it doesn't mean they aren't generally you know predisposed to those ideas or or in favor of them you know there's a big sort of silent uh, contingent of people that that like all those ideas that are not necessarily you know evangelizing it every every single day uh but also that yeah you never know who especially like celebrities you know with big clout that already have a lot of 
uh, voice if they speak up. I mean, they obviously they can't do it all the time because uh, you know they don't want to become known for just trying to dabble around in politics rather than whatever their core expertise is but every once in a while we see on all kinds of issues celebrities just get in the mix and suddenly just shift the conversation because they already have such you know uh, Nicki Minaj has like 22 million Twitter followers or something like that so especially something like this that she posts and goes viral it's you know the global impact of, of those ideas is it's absolutely massive so yeah, what do you think of this? You're a big Nicki Minaj fan? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a particular Nicki Minaj fan, but, um, you know, I'm certainly aware of her and aware of her music. I think um, I'm glad that she didn't go the route of sort of anti-vaccination with it. I think she probably knows, again, having 22 million followers, that what she says has a really big impact. Mm. Um, and I think across the board... Science is generally telling us that this is a safe vaccine and we need to listen to the scientists, but it's not to say that there aren't going to be some of these one-off cases. It's a new, a new vaccine. We don't know all of the, you know, possible side effects of it. Um, People with underlying conditions that maybe they didn't know that they had that are having a reaction to this sort of thing. Um, There's certainly some, it's okay to be skeptical. Um, But again, yeah, as she says, like, make sure you're comfortable with the decision that you're making. Don't, don't let people bully you into it. But um, also know that for almost across the board, science scientists are telling us that this is a safe vaccine and that the majority of people can get it and not have these long, long lasting side effects. So, yeah. And that was an interesting part of the sort of discussion was that there's, there's sort of the, there's two kind of separate conversations where one is about the merits or not, you know, mm-hmm. pro or against. And then the other side is, is just the, the sort of meta discussion of like being, being allowed to be on one side or the other right with that Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what she was commenting on there right and she did follow up in you know in the rest of these tweets people can follow the link on the slide and read it if they're interested but you know she she made a point in her later comments that she was definitely not saying one way or the other Mm -hmm. you know how people should decide simply that people should be able to decide without being pressured or without feeling you know uh ostracized or yeah bullied in in her in her words of it so it's a decision you need to make with your doctor you know it's it's sort of you know the government needing to sort of stay out of people's medical decisions um you need it's something you need to sit down you have a discussion with your doctor about it you shouldn't be pressuring people to either take the vaccine or not take the vaccine it's just it's a medical decision that we all need to make um and make it as intelligently as we can so yeah, and to tie it back to crypto, that's exactly what you're saying. It's an individual kind of decision, and that's that's that was the that was the whole joke of the meme, right? Is that uh, when we talked a lot about regulation and the government getting involved, and it's sort of like ultimately people should just read up, do their research, get educated, and then and then kind of decide for themselves. So I'm sure Nikki is back in <laughs> that opinion, and uh, so am I. So. You know, everybody can, uh, we'll, we'll see who will be the next celebrity to be suddenly <laughs> on the side of uh, freedom and, uh, you know, individual individual choice. Right. So that's, uh, as we come to the end of the show, we just have every week message to the community. Uh, the guest gets a, a chance to talk to the Bitcoin Cash community at large or the world or whatever you think people need to hear. It's open, open slather. What, 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 what do you think? Um, I mean, I think 
if you're if you're kind of like me, you're not super into all the crypto stuff. You're kind of new to the game and you're still learning about everything. Like, I just want to encourage you to continue looking into some of that stuff. I definitely personally think that this is the way that things are going to be trending in the future. That getting involved now is um, only going to benefit me down the road or benefit other people down the road. So. Um, Certainly, just continue continue researching, continue listening to the podcast, continue, you <laughs> the know, chill. yeah, I love it. <laughs> continue just sort of exploring, going down that road, looking into different different cryptocurrencies, find the one that you really believe in, and you know, get involved, continue continue doing stuff. It's okay to not be a total expert. Like, not all of us are going to be experts. Just look into it and learn. So, yeah, absolutely. I gotta I gotta second that, you know, and I find. That's something I've been thinking about, sort of ways that I can make some more content or some different things that are more at that sort of uh, beginner level. Because when I started this show, it it was kind of for the hardcore, especially the first few episodes. It is very just like straight to the point. Like it didn't start with, and I mean, it's just the format of a podcast too. You can't have every episode be a complete, you know, reintroduction to the rules of the road, so to speak, right? Um, but it is, you know, it is a show more that, that people can either follow casually or, or, uh, very seriously. And it's most interesting to people who want to follow it kind of, uh, week to week. So I am trying to think of ways to help us, uh, get the, the most critical pieces of information, you know, to highlight them somehow, or have, you know, so that people who are new to it don't feel completely overwhelmed because it is sort of rushing forward at a grand pace, the whole industry and, that's just sort of a messy uh, scenario of people getting involved with all kinds of scattered uh, information. But at some point they've kind of got to yeah look into it themselves and, and for, there are resources out there, right? I've got a bunch of them listed on the website for people to look at, but I might uh, try and make something myself. We'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty busy. Got a lot going on, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that essentially does it for the show. Then uh, slides and resources are at bitcoincashpodcast.com. Thank you very much to all of my uh, donators uh, who sent in BCH to the show. Appreciate it a lot. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, you can follow the show on, um, you know, YouTube, on noise.cash, on Twitter, on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all of that. Uh, do you have any final shout outs for the show, Caroline? Not really. Not you really. already gave me the opportunity to get my whole message across. We're, we're good. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. Uh, that's pretty short and efficient then. Yeah. Uh, Jet, how, how are we doing there? Looking, looking good to wrap up the show. Any final thoughts? There's a lot of things that I feel like just to, just to feed your curiosity, maybe. Things, interesting things that I have noticed this week. The creators of Twitch have been talking mad shit on Craig Wright. And there's a lot of people that are, like, disillusioned, it seems like, by BSV. Um, eCash now has more hash rate than BSV, which is so wild to me. Like, to think, like, two years ago, Craig was like, "We or you split, we bankrupt you. And now, like, yeah. Um, and Litecoin also flipped Bitcoin Cash with Bit uh, BitPay statistics the past month. Yes. And like the spike that litecoin has experienced is something that i wouldn't ever uh expect so i'm curious about why yeah i think that's that's the big things for me this week wow okay that's that's a that's a little sub story that i hadn't been 
following too much, but obviously the cutthroat free market of crypto is still at it. And BSV, they've definitely had a long time to sort of establish an identity and pull them their act together. But, uh, you know, they haven't really done that as far as I can tell. I'm not a big fan of, of what they got going on. And if eCash, you know, it's coming out with some fresh momentum and, and can get a bit of a lead at, ahead of them well that's going to just push them even further into kind of irrelevance i, I would say but yeah Lit- litecoin has been seeing a, a spike up definitely from people who like the idea of using an actual regular currency but for one reason or another you know maybe they had bitcoin and then they think oh well i'll go into litecoin uh instead of going into bitcoin cash so it seems like every different uh currency has really got a really got to up its game to stand out in the in the in the free market these days so yeah maybe we'll follow that up uh i'll I'll look into that we'll see see about the next episode maybe but uh that will do it for the show thanks everyone for listening and until next time you've heard of inflation right thanks for